Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. So, a brand new series. Series title is called Giving Up. Giving Up. But it does involve some kind of surrender. It does involve some kind of sacrifice. Giving up to to God uh, involves surrendering and sacrifice. You can't escape it in the kingdom. But I think sometimes both those terms, those words, get a kind of a bad connotation attached to them. And really... What surrender and sacrifice is all about is falling in love with Christ more. And so when we talk about giving up, it is a focus that is off of us and off the things of this world, off of our own resources, off of all the things that we bring to the table, and we focus entirely on the kingdom that God has placed us in and given us royal titles of sons and daughters. And so when we start to approach time, talent, and treasure in the context of the kingdom's economy, when our focus is giving up, time, talent, and treasure become secondary to the mission. Because it's not about any of those things. Because the greatest resource, you know what the greatest resource that you can give God today? is yourself. That's the greatest resource that God is after. God is after our hearts, our, our spirits. He's after our whole body to be all in as a son and daughter of the kingdom. And so, when we have that mindset, when we have that understanding it is a lot easier to give up time, talent, and treasures because we're in love with a king. And he is a king. And we do function in a kingdom. We don't function in a democracy or in a republic. We belong to one as citizens of the United States, but that is not who we are. Sons and daughters don't operate in a democracy. We operate in a kingdom. And everything that we have, everything that we possess, everything that we think we own, like I think I own my house, but the bank reminds me every month that I do not. It reminds me all the time that I don't really own that home. We belong to a kingdom. And when we said... I do to Christ. I will to Christ. I am his son or I am his daughter. That means every right that we thought we had as a citizen of the United States is secondary to the rights and responsibilities of a son and daughter of of the kingdom. And so I think this is the, this is the concept that God is trying to get into my brain cells a lot more, a lot deeper, a lot firmer, a lot more structured, if you will, because I think it raises these kind of questions like, 
All right, so if if it's I'm in this kingdom, so does it mean that I write more checks? Do I find more places to donate money to? Or uh, does it mean that I that I uh, use my talents or my abilities uh, no matter who asks me? Doesn't matter. I just I just I do whatever I can wherever I can, and I call it ministry. It's not about any of those things. Oh, yeah. I mean, we do write checks. We do don't donate money and uh, and our talents to to the things that God asks us to do. But that's the everything we see. We serve at the pleasure of a king, who is quite able to tell us where to use our time, talent, and treasures. But it's not about the time, talent, and the treasures. It's about our heart. See, if the king has our heart, time, talent, and treasure don't matter. And here's the reason why they really don't matter. Guess what? They all belong to God. See, everything I possess, everything I think I own, is really everything has been given to me by God. And it's a, it's a freeing thing once, once you step into that place and you can stay there. You know, Guy Milroy said to me years ago during uh, uh, conversations that we had, he says, you know, Jay, your hands always should be like this. It's a lot easier to receive and it's a lot easier to give away. Because when they're like this, it's very hard to give away and it's very hard to receive something. See, an open hand... I am ready to receive something and then distribute it as God pleases. Close hand. I can't grab a hold of what God wants to give me. And I hold on too tight to the things I think I I possess. I possess. And that's not kingdom living. All that is is bondage. It means something else has the control of my heart. I mean, something else has control of my time, talent, and treasure because it has my heart. See, because whoever has your heart has you, has me. So this whole idea of giving up is a sacrifice thing, but it's a worship thing. See, it makes every moment an attitude and a deliberate worship Moment. That's what it is. See, when I when I think of my time, talent, and treasure as as offerings, I'm a lot freer. I'm a lot less this close fisted and a lot more open handed. Are you getting this? You see what see what God wants to do with through this series? I think First Peter four ten says this: As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Basically, this means by the grace of God, use your gifts to serve. Now, the Greek word for steward there means to manage the house. Manage the house. And I think of, I think of Christine. Christine knew how to manage a house. I am discovering in this more and more how much she knew how to run a house because of all the other things that she just did. And now that I'm having to figure out how to do 
the best thing that Christine did about managing a house is where I think this is where we, because I don't want us to get to the mindset, okay, this, Jay is saying that we have to do more stuff for Jesus. No, I'm not saying that. Jay is saying that we must spend more money on Jesus. No, I'm not saying that. Jay is saying that we need to spend more time in church. No, I'm not saying that. The best thing that Jesus, uh, that Christine, and Jesus does this, but she got it from Jesus, but the best thing that Christine did in managing the house, that she filled it with love. See, that's how she managed her, the house. All the details, all the practical things from paying bills to cleaning to cooking to scheduling to making sure everybody had what they need was because she loved everybody in the house. You use your gifts. You manage the house because you love everybody in the house. This is how we become wise stewards of our time, talent, and the treasure. And again, because it's all about love. It's all about relationships. It's all about we give up because we've already been given much. And so naturally, the response is to give back to the God who has given us everything. Because, again, it belongs to him. So when I am in this mindset and I'm thinking straight about this, and so when there's an opportunity that comes to give up my time, talent, or treasure, it becomes a worship moment for me. It becomes a a moment of love for me. It might be a, a sacrificial act of love at times. And, and there's, there's a story that we're going to read today that I think that really brings this out. And so uh, go to the book of Matthew, if you would. Go to Matthew 14, and, and, and I'm going to pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for already leading us into, into where you want us to be so that you can speak to us. So that you can give us your words and give us your heart and give us your purpose and your, and, and the strategy of how to live in your kingdom. So not only do we bring you glory, we bring freedom to ourselves in, in, in serving you. This is what we want. We want to, we want to bring you glory, but we also desire to be free of the things that, that entangle us. And we want to understand what it's like to be sons and daughters in a deeper way. So we ask for your wisdom today, we ask for your instruction today, we ask for your grace today, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Any exploration into stewardship, into kingdom living, begins with knowing who you are and whose you are. Knowing all this identifies your purpose in the kingdom The why behind you serve a king. Why do you serve Jesus this morning? Why do you bow down before him this morning? Why? Why why do you give everything to him? Or why don't we give everything to him? Those are good, powerful questions to ask of ourselves daily because that that is the truth. Everything begins with surrender to him. And the beauty of this, this, this is a wild thought. I don't, maybe, it was, maybe it won't be wild to you, but it was wild to me. How precious does God think of us 
how valuable does he think we are that he would entrust us as stewards of his stuff? Think about it. He trusts you with his stuff. All right, doesn't that blow your mind? It blows my mind that God would trust me with his stuff. Kingdom stuff. Not just ordinary stuff. Stuff of the kingdom. His grace, his mercy, his redemption, his forgiveness, his power, his authority. The ability to speak life into people. The the ability to, to take any resource that we might have, no matter how little we think it is, and give it to a king who can multiply it beyond our imaginations. And he thinks that you can be that kind of manager of the house. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Stay there for a minute. Stay there for a minute. If it's not blowing your mind and it hasn't settled in yet. This is the king of glory we're talking about. This is the master of the universe. This is your Messiah. Your God. And he says, I am making you a steward of my kingdom. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty kind of God. And it blows my mind that he would entrust this all to us. You're not just excited enough yet to have this. You're just not there yet. We're going to have to work a little bit harder, I think. Let's go. Come on now. There's a way to the kingdom. And there's a way of the kingdom. And that way is the gospel. At the center of the gospel is a cross. There is no good news without a cross in its headlines. There's no gospel without a Messiah to bring the good news. And there is no redemption without sacrifice. I'll let that settle in for a minute there. There is no redemption without sacrifice in the kingdom. And we've said this before, that the gospel is the love language of the kingdom. And so, it does cost us something to love each other at times, doesn't it? It sure does. Amen to that? (laughs) Patty feels strongly about that this morning. (laughs) But it's true. We all could have said it just as loud and as fervent as her. No doubt. She was just bold. She's just getting her voice back. Someone say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we know that sacrifice is also, uh, you know, it's, it's just, there's no redemption without it. Right. Jesus showed us that. He sacrificed his life. So we have to talk about sacrifice when it talks about living in the kingdom. And what does sacrifice really look like? And we'll get into that in the weeks ahead during various parts of this. But keep that in the back of your mind that there's, there's no redemption without sacrifice. But sacrifice is not this negative thing. It really isn't. It wasn't negative to Jesus, to me. So we're going to read Matthew 14. Yes, we are, we are getting there. I promise we are getting there. We are going to get there. <laughs> Matthew 14. There's, there's uh, 
there's three principles of the kingdom that, that I would like to get out today, if I can. There are more, there are more principles of the kingdom. There's not just three, believe me. But these are the three that I got through this story today. And the, these are the three. The kingdom moves with compassion. The kingdom moves with generosity. And the kingdom moves with obedience. So Matthew 14. And of course it's the familiar story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Just prior to, to doing this wonderful miracle. And in this story, there's, there's multiple miracles in this story. Even, believe it or not, even in my mind, even more important than just what Jesus does with fish and, and bread. There's, there's a lot of things in this story, but, but to set up this story, you have to realize that his cousin, a dear family member, has just been murdered, murdered by Herod. And this affects Jesus. And it's somehow comforting to me that Jesus is feeling a personal loss here. And he's trying to find some solitude. He's trying to find a place to be, to be alone with God and, 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 and just deal with his own personal grief, I believe. Because it says in verse 13, Now when Jesus heard this, heard about John the Baptist's death, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. He was trying to get some alone time with his father to deal with this. This was harsh for him. It was hard, difficult for him. But when the crowds heard about it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them. The kingdom moves with compassion. And he healed their sick. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him. This is a desolate place. The day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we only have five loaves here and two fish. He said, bring them to me. And then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, gave up, and he said a blessing. And then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Up to 35,000 people, scholars guesstimate. This great miracle. And it is a huge miracle. The first one I saw there was, was this, 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 this whole, it's a miracle of compassion. Because when you're exhausted, when you're grieving, when you're hurt, when you feel spent, and you don't think you have anything left to give, compassion helps you to give. Jesus was 
bent. I mean, he was going to a desolate place to find some relief. He was purposely going there to be alone with God, his father. He did this throughout scriptures. But then he saw the craft. And he sacrificed that because of compassion. It's a beautiful, beautiful moment here when he says that he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Not only did he feel for them, he did something about it. The word, Greek word there for compassion means a deep soul level emotion. It's not a surplus level, well, oh man, I feel your pain. It's not that, it's I know you're hurting. But I'm going to be able to do something about it. And he moves with compassion on them. It's a beautiful moment here that tells us about sacrifice here. Jesus, <laughs> he needs some rest here, but when he says, well, you know, I'm going to give out, I'm going to give up, I'm going to do this because of compassion. Compassion moves you. And this is going to be a huge teaching moment for the disciples. They're tired. They want to, they want the crowds to go away. They, 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 maybe they just want Jesus for all for themselves now at this moment. I mean, they just, look, send these people away, man. We're, we're done. We're done. And because Jesus is still operating in the mode of compassion, he says, they don't have to go anywhere. You feed them. I can see every disciple's jaw just kind of like drop. <laughs> In an instant, and just saying, what is he talking about here? Now, this, this, this is a huge story because it's in all four Gospels, okay? And in, in the book of Mark, you've got to read, you got to read, this is, that'll be your homework for the week, to read all accounts in all four Gospels and the two accounts in the, in the book of Mark. Because Jesus does it twice in the book of Mark. 5,000 and then 4,000. Some scholars think that the 5,000 was the Jewish crowd and Gentiles were the, uh, the second crowd. It's very interesting. But essentially, it's a powerful moment. That's why it's in all four Gospels, I believe. The, the, the accounts are a little bit different, but they're, they're, they're the same they're from a different viewpoint of each one of the disciples. It's beautiful to read together. So I, I, that's your homework. You've got to do that. Otherwise, I'll tell God on you. So... Uh, <laughs> He does already know, doesn't he? Jesus, within his compassion level, is challenging the, the compassion level of his disciples. So he doesn't give them a suggestion. He doesn't give them an idea. He commands them. He says, you feed them. That wasn't an idea. That wasn't a suggestion. He was telling them, hey, these people are in need. They don't have to go anywhere else for the need. I'm right here. You're right here. You feed them. That's huge. That is huge what he's asking them. Jesus is asking them to steward, to manage this particular house that was right there. This group of people. He was giving them an opportunity to see something far bigger than what they could do on their own. He was, going to give them a, he was going to give them an opportunity to step out of faith here. Which is basically when Jesus asks us to take care of the house, trusting us with his stuff, 
Yeah, that's a big step of faith by us. Because we look, the first thing that we do is we look at our own talent, our own time, and our own treasure, and we judge what we can do by how much of those we have. Instead of filtering it through the promises of what God can do. I do it. Someone asks me to do something, or, oh, how much time do I have? When can I fit it into my schedule? Somebody asked me to give something. What's my bank account look like at this month? I filter it through the, the criteria that I have set up to whether or not I can do something instead of the criteria of, of God's provision and what he can do despite my resources. That's why it's not about the time, talent, and treasure. It's about our hearts. And Jesus is after their hearts here. And, 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 I, and, it's, and it's really wonderfully powerful. So they, they protest. They said, we don't have enough. We only have five loaves and two fish. And Jesus tries, just says, another command, just, just bring it here. Bring it to me. Which is what we should do when God asks us to step out and steward a certain situation. Whatever resource we have, we bring it to him. Doesn't matter how much, doesn't matter how little, doesn't matter our opinion. <laughs> it just matters whatever is in our hand. That's basically what Jesus says. What do you got in your hands? What's at your disposal? Are you willing to give it up to me? Give it up to me. This is what he's saying to the disciples here. Well, are you willing to do this? Jesus tells them to bring these seven individual items. I don't know if there's any importance to seven there, but you can do whatever you want with that one. But he says he tells them to bring out these seven things. But you know what it was? It wasn't just seven things. You know what it was? It was all they had. It was everything that they had. Like the widow. Jesus didn't say, just bring me the bread. Now, it is in the power of Jesus Christ. They could have had nothing in their hands and he still could have fed that multitude. So this is huge here. When we think about what God has asked us to manage the house, what he's entrusted us with, really, he's just entrusted us with the resources that he's going to give us. And we don't really have to produce anything here. We just have to be willing and obedient. It's really powerful stuff. The story is huge. When they obey, it was no longer about their resources. Because now they had stepped into the resources of the kingdom. And Jesus always asks us to give up to a higher plan, to a higher purpose, to a higher strategy, so that there is a higher outcome that we sometimes just can't see yet. See, it's always bigger than what we can see. The disciples had no idea how Jesus was going to feed that crowd with that little of resource. But Jesus knew. Jesus understood. He was going to show them what it was going to look like. So this was a dual miracle here. There was the miracle of obedience and the miracle of sacrifice. Because I believe that obedience fuels sacrifice. Obedience fuels sacrifice and and sacrifice is the seed of generosity. 
It's a seed of generosity. The kingdom moves with generosity. It moves with obedience. It's giving everything that we have to Christ and trusting him with the results. And it means you give all that you have, all that you are. Obedience and sacrifice opens a door for greater things of the kingdom to happen. This is in this story. It's beautifully explained in this story that obedience and sacrifice opens the door for for great things to happen. So why are obedience and sacrifice miracles then? Because it's not easy for the human heart to do either. It's not easy for a human heart to, to sacrifice or to be obedient. It's just not. Let's, let's not. I'm the only one in this room that's like that. You didn't have to raise your hands, but it would have felt better if you did. <laughs> it's not easy for a human heart to be consistently obedient or be consistently in a sacrificial mode. It's not in our human nature. So it's a miracle when God moves on us in such a way that we begin to understand kingdom things from his perspective. And we move accordingly in them. It's a miracle that my heart can, can, can feel like his heart in a situation. Be like his, love like his heart. It's a miracle to me that I can operate such way. I like to think that I'm all that in a bag of chips, but I'm really not. I really don't have that kind of heart consistently without him doing a miracle in it and me understanding where my place is in the kingdom. Who I am and whose I am. Obedience and sacrifice open the door for greater things in the kingdom. They just do. Here's a strange question. Did you ever wonder what they did with all their leftovers? Did you ever wonder that when you read that, read that story? They collect 12 baskets of, of, of fra- uh, pieces. Full baskets. John six twelve. he says, And when they had eaten their full, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing might be lost. Did you ever wonder what he did with the leftovers? But it makes me think. When God multiplies... When God provides more than what we need, we need a plan to manage the abundance. When God gives us more than, than what we need and he, and he gives us an abundance, we need a plan to manage the abundance. Jesus tells them to gather up the pieces for a reason. It's just not recorded what that reason is. But the purpose behind it is there. That's a kingdom principle. Why is that a kingdom principle? Because remember Joseph in Egypt, in Egypt? Preparing for the famine? He took the increase, he took the abundance, and he saved it up. He had a plan for the abundance. There's something here, there for bridge builders. And there's something there for you personally. I think that's a prophetic thing. We need a plan. For the abundance. I don't know what that plan is. Okay. But remember the questions we asked last week? Gotten some good feedback? Need more? Add this question to it. 
What did we do with the leftovers? With the abundance? There's something there. You know, and it also says that nothing should be taken for granted and nothing is wasted in the kingdom. It's not recorded what Jesus had them. He ordered them. He commanded them to do this. And it's not, he doesn't tell us the reason why. But there was, there was a reason why he told them. And I think it is a prophetic kind of thing for us to consider and to pray about. Because I do believe that there's an abundance coming. I do believe it. I think this also, this whole story kind of reinforces this idea that, that kingdom resources are always greater than our own. And thank God for that. Because I do think sometimes we get, we get caught too much about what we bring to the table. Or what we can't bring to the table, probably more to the point. And we, and so therefore we limit what we think we could actually manage the house with. And God doesn't really, He just says, bring what you have, bring it to me. Allow me to work with how it looks and how it increases. And, and allow me to teach you what to do with the abundance that comes. See, it's not about, Sacrifice is more than just giving stuff up. It's so much more than that. Sacrifice is an act of worship. If our heart is right. If our heart is attuned to the king. All right, so I gave you part of your homework. You were supposed to read out all the accounts of this story and all the other gospels. Look at it. See what God is saying in there, you know, to you personally, and maybe, and maybe for us. And I have two questions, two more questions for you to ask of yourself. Remember, I told you I had a whole bunch of questions. I gave you three last week. I'm going to give you two more. First question: What do you need God to multiply in your life? Second question: What can you give up to God for Him to work with? What can you give up to God for him to work with? Talking, going back to that verse in Peter about bringing our gifts to him. Think about it. Pray about it. 